Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people to help us every day. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Hello, my name is Angel and I'll be your host as we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope you all are doing as well as possible and that you're blessed. Please know that each and every one of you are in my heart and in my prayers. If you're new to the show, a big welcome and thank you for finding us. And I hope you find what you are looking for and more here. And if you're returning, thank you. Infinite thanks for returning to the show. Before we begin, I would like to address something, and it's something that I've addressed many times. Those of you who have been longtime listeners to the show know that I've talked about this many times, but I feel at times it's important to uh, say a little bit of a reminder. And, you know, this a comment was recently made to me regarding the podcast by someone who's never listened to the podcast before with whom I was uh, speaking with about the podcast, sharing it with them uh, verbally to see if they would be interested in listening to it. And they were a bit offended that I don't use the word or words like God and Jesus and things of that, which I do use, you know, terms like God and Jesus here and there. But overall, I just refer to that which is as the divine and they took offense to that and i can understand that a lot of people do who are uh you know very strict and very rigid in their beliefs that they don't move one way or the other and it's their way or no way and as we've talked about before on the show several times in different shows and um, you know, that's just not a, a good way to be. And that's, that's, I mean, if you want to use, uh, you know, a reference of Jesus or God, then in Christianity, in the Bible, Jesus was not that way. Um, you know, he was, what he was doing was new. Uh, what he was sharing was new. It was against the Old Testament. It was against the Jewish faith uh, on so many levels that it ended up getting him killed you know he was as we all know he was you know taken in to cut excuse me into custody uh he was abused he was battered he was tortured he was i mean it's it's quite horrible what was done to him before he was even crucified uh but he did all of this for all of us and he did it for us to to learn and it's just sad that so many people have not learned and that they stick to these labels and you know labels are our attempt to limit the divine down to something we can understand and humanly it's impossible literally impossible for us to under for full us to fully understand the divine god uh 
whatever you want to label that which can't be labeled. You know, even God said, I am that, you know, I am that which is. So God never even referred to itself as God in the Bible. So these are all labels we use to try to bring about some kind of understanding in our mind. And it's impossible for us to fully understand or even slightly understand God because God the divine is not on the level that we're on. We are human with divine nature, with divine souls, but we are not on the level of the divine. We are not the divine. So again, whatever you label that divine, and, and again, that's another reason why I do this, because I want this show to be open to everyone of all faiths and though even those of no faiths. You know, this is a place where it's a safe place where everybody can come and learn and share and grow and pray for each other and help each other um, without as many labels as possible. You know, I try to to get rid of the labels as often as possible. But again, of course, as humans, we have to use labels in order to communicate. But that's to the extent that I want labels to be used in the show is just via communication, because what you believe is what you believe. And as I've said many times, the God or the divine that you believe in is yours. It's different from everybody else's because we all have our own ways and our own beliefs in our own culture and our own upbringing and our own conditioning um, that we all have a different image or view or understanding of what the divine is. And I respect that deeply, deeply respect that for each and every one of you. In Eastern philosophy, they say there are two types of reality. There's the relative reality and there's ultimate reality. Relative reality is everyday life, everyday experiences, everyday thoughts. That's relative. Ultimate is outside of the body, outside of the mind. It is, you know, often that which the mind cannot perceive or wrap itself around or understand. And that's very difficult for us uh, to to even get at. But it's very important for us to keep in mind that although we use labels, those are on a relative level. It's not an ultimate level. Ultimately, God can't be put or the divine can't be labeled. It can't be put in a box nice and neat as how we want it to be. It is beyond the box. It is the box. It is us. It, it is everything, but yet nothing is in no thing. Not nothing is in nothing is in a void, but is in no thing, not one thing. So it's important for us to, to know that and to try our level best to understand that. And again, sorry to take up some time, but I wanted to just do a little bit of a reminder for those especially new to the show i don't absolutely do not want to offend anyone at all in fact this show is contrary to the extreme of i don't want anyone offended i want everyone to feel safe and everyone to feel welcome here again regardless of your religion regardless of your faith or regardless of no faith whatever you are you are welcome at our table. So this week, we are going to be 
learning about and exploring a little bit about Moses the Black. Now, those of you who go to the website or see the little um, images each week of what the show is about, like I always post a picture of the person or an image of the person uh, that we're going to be talking about. So if you've already seen the picture of St. Moses the Black, you will see that he is or was and still is um, a dark skinned man. And so I want everyone to know right from the get go that St. Moses the Black is not called St. Moses the Black or Moses the Black because of his skin color. Uh, this day and age in our society, we so many people quickly jump to uh, race and, and, and discrimination with race. And this is not the fact uh, whatsoever. St. Moses is from uh, the year 330 A.D. So he is so far back to just after what, 330 years after the passing uh, or crucifixion of Christ that there wasn't that discrimination then. In this term, black, used in reference to St. Moses, it's in reference to who he was inside before he became the person he became. So this show is in about St. Moses is all about redemption and all about um, repentance and all about no matter what you've done in your lifetime, the divine still loves you, still cares for you and will never turn its back on you. So again, St. Moses the Black, also known as Abba Moses. And Abba is a title uh, that is translated to the word father or priest. It means the same thing as a priest. He's also known as Abba Moses the robber. He's also known as Abba Moses the Ethiopian because people believe that he was from Ethiopia. It's still unclear as if he was or was not. Uh, he's also known as Abba Moses the Strong, but we'll refer to him as Saint Moses. So Saint Moses was of the Orthodox, also known as the Eastern Catholic faith, or also even known as the Coptic faith, which is a branch of the Orthodox faith. And again, he was uh, alive from th the year 330, that's 330, that's going back a few days, from 330 to 405. And St. Moses was an ascetic monk and priest in Egypt in the 4th century AD, and a notable desert father. You've heard me speak of the desert fathers from time to time um, in I can't recommend the stories of the Desert Fathers enough. Uh, the Philokalia text, uh, volumes one through five, uh, which I've talked about, I talked about on the March edition of the Book Nook, are without a doubt some of the greatest sacred texts on uh, teachings of the Desert Fathers. I can't recommend them enough. So according to the stories about St. Moses, 
he converted from a life of crime to one of asceticism. He is mentioned in Sozomen's ecclesiastical history, written about 70 years after Moses' death. So that would make it about 475 A.D. And that's pretty good for someone having something written about them as early as 70 years after their passing. Um, you know, a lot of times you hear, and even in, in, in Buddhism, you hear of texts being written like 100, 200 something years after the fact of somebody's passing. So, you know, to me, the closer it is to the time of their passing, probably the more accurate it's going to be. So Moses was a slave of a government official in Egypt until he was dismissed for theft and suspected of murder. He then roamed the Nile Valley with an infamous and violent gang of robbers. And this guy was bad. I mean, he, just the name Moses, really scared so many people. I mean, him and his gang were very well known for pillaging, for raping, for killing, for, I mean, it, they were the worst of the absolute worst. And Moses was huge. I mean, he was probably six foot something tall, and he was probably one of the strongest people in that area at that time. I mean, he could kill people with his bare hands, and oftentimes he did that. On one occasion, a barking dog prevented Moses from carrying out a robbery, so he swore vengeance on the owner. With weapons in his mouth, Moses swam the river towards the owner's hut. The owner, again alerted, hid, and the frustrated Moses took some of his sheep to slaughter. Attempting to hide from local authorities, Moses took shelter with some monks in a colony in the desert of Wadi El Nachun, then called Setis, S-C-E-T-E-S, near Alexandria. The dedication of their lives, as well as their peace and contentment, influenced Moses deeply. He soon gave up his old way of life, became a Christian, was baptized, and joined the monastic community at Setis. So here you have one of the most ruthless robbers and killers of a time period who sought shelter and hiding um, in a monastery area so the authorities wouldn't capture him and was so moved by the practices, prayers, and ascetic life of the priests, the abbas, the monks that lived there, that he turned his life completely around and devoted his life to the divine and to that monastic order. And to me, this is so very important to us because there's so many of us that, of course, none of us are without fault. None of us are without blame. None of us are, as they say, without sin. Um, in, in our own minds, we oftentimes play those things up in our past to things that are much horrible than they actually were. Uh, we are our own worst critic and our own worst judge. 
And, you know, it's very important that we don't dwell on the past. Important to learn from the past, but don't dwell on the past. There's tons and tons of biblical references uh, regarding God and Jesus and disciples and followers uh, of of this, you know, to not dwell on the past. Learn from it, but don't dwell on it. As well as other religions, it's, you know, infinite. It's across the board, across the spectrum. Uh, but it's difficult for us. You know, a lot of times we think and say to ourselves, well, I'm not worth it. You know, I'm just not worth it. You know, and that's kind of like the culture we live in where they want you to believe that you're not worth it, that you need to rely on government or or whatever for everything, that you're not worthy and you're not, you know, significant and you're not important enough. But contrary, you are. You are. We are each uh, children of the divine, creations of the divine. The divine is in, within each of us. Remember, remember the Penny Whitbrot episode, episode one of this season, season two, where God showed Penny in her DNA where he was, where the divine is, and said that I am in you. I am you. And that's so very important for us to remember. So again, with St. Moses, it's important to us to see that regardless of our past, there is hope. Never give up hope. We can change. People can change. Regardless of what other people believe, yes, people can change. Yes, it's a lot of work. It's dedication, commitment, work, focus, um, every day, nonstop, 24-7. But we can do this just like we discovered recently with addictions addictions can be overcome but yes it takes a lot of work and discipline but it can be done and the same goes for us as far as changing evolving growing deeper in our faith in the divine so i want it to be known that moses conversion was not quick as the paragraph here <laughs> described it took time and the monks didn't just welcome him in. The other Abbas, the other fathers, priests and monks did not just open their arms and say, oh, well, we forgive you. Come on in. Become one of us. No, they put him through many trials and tribulations. And it took quite a while for Moses to be accepted and to be ordained within their uh, monastic faith. But Moses was very disciplined. He was very dedicated. He was very um, so strict with himself that this is what he wanted to become. And it was so much uh, hard for him because there were times when he was haunted in his sleep, in his dreams, by the things that he had done in his past. Can anybody relate to that? I'm raising my hand. I mean, we all can uh, to some extent relate to, you know, to that being haunted by our past. Uh, so what he would do is instead of laying there tossing and turning or milling it around in his minds like most of us do, causing us to lose sleep and mental uh, health, he would get up and he would go and get water and take water and leave water outside of the uh, little huts and caves of the other monastics. So the next day when they woke up, they didn't have to go get water from the well the water was right there. And sometimes they had to walk quite a distance to get the water 
from the well. And this is a desert area in Egypt where this, you know, where they were. So it wasn't just like walking down, a, you know, a nice uh, paved uh, road in a wooded area with a nice climate. <laughs> you know, it wasn't Eden by any way, shape or form. It was, you know, a very uh, extreme and harsh environment. But he would do this this way. He was, you know, in his own way, was doing penance. He was working off his sins. He was working through uh, his sins in his mind and in his heart. Once four of the robbers of his former band descended upon the cell of St. Moses, he had lost none of his great physical strength. So he tied them all up, throwing them over his shoulder. He brought them to the monastery where he asked the elders what to do with them. The elders ordered that they be set free. The robbers, learning that they had chanced upon their former ringleader and that he had dealt kindly with them, followed his example. They repented and became monks. Later, when the rest of the band of robbers heard about the repentance of St. Moses, they, then they also gave up their thievery and became fervent monks. So literally, his whole gang, you know, became monks and gave up their ways. So through him, they all converted and, you know, repented and became holy and lived their lives in repentance, in holiness. And that's just mind blowing. I mean, here are these four guys think they're going to jump this monk and take what little he has or and, you know, loot for treasures or anything like that. And, you know, he, he overpowers him and ties him up and takes them to the elders and which the elders say, you know, release him. And, you know, they then realize, oh, my gosh, this was Moses. You know, he he could have killed us in a heartbeat, but he didn't. And, you know, word got out you know, to his gang and, and they, they all changed. It's just mind blowing. So it's a continues by saying St. Moses was not quickly freed from the passions, which St. Moses had a thing for women and the order that he was a monk in, they were celibate. They could not have sexual relations, but of course, St. Moses was kind of addicted. He had a sexual addiction, uh, so that was something he grappled with quite often. So whenever it would come into his mind uh, and he would start to grapple with it, he did the right thing. He would go to his spiritual director, which is what we should all do. If we ever are grappling with something in our uh, personal or spiritual lives, if you are so blessed enough to have a spiritual director, by all means, go to them, you know, seek them, schedule an appointment with them and, you know, let them help you. So this is what um, St. Moses would do. He would often go to the Igumen, I-G-U-M-E-N, Abba Isidore, seeking advice on how to be delivered from the passions um, that he was suffering. Being experienced in the spiritual struggle, the elder taught him never to eat too much food, to remain partly hungry while observing the strictest moderation but the passions did not cease to trouble saint moses in his dreams so yes he also still had the issues with the dreams 
of you know the people that he killed the people that he hurt the people that he stole from it continues by saying then abba isador taught saint moses the all-night vigil the monk stood the whole night at prayer so he would not fall asleep from his prolonged struggles saint moses fell into despondency and when there arose thoughts about leaving his solitary cell Abba Isidore instead strengthened the resolve of his discipline. So Abba Isidore showed St. Moses in a vision. Many demons in the West prepared for battle, and in the East a still greater quantity of holy angels also ready for fighting. Abba Isidore, we should also say St. Isidore, explained to St. Moses that the power of the angels would prevail over the power of the demons and in the long struggle with the passions it was necessary for him to become completely cleansed of his former sins and that's a vision or something that we can all relate to that we often feel so overpowered by darkness by evil by negative you know whatever you want to label you know, that which is contrary to good uh, wellness and holiness. And it's important for us to remember that even though we don't see it and we don't feel it or we don't think it, the good is greater than the negative. The positive is always stronger than the negative. Even though it doesn't seem like it at the time, it is. And we have to trust in that and rely in that good, in that positive, you know, in this reference, it's, it's angels. And I don't know if you all believe in angels. I'm planning on doing a show sometime in the future on angels, uh, because, you know, they're very important, you know, not just in our faith, but also historically. Um, it, it, and they're also extremely neat and interesting. And there's so many misconceptions with angels and things that we don't realize with angels that are, uh, facts i should say about angels that are important that we should know about so again it's important for us to remember you know no matter how dark things can get uh, the light is stronger than the dark saint moses undertook a new effort making the rounds by night of the wilderness cells he carried water from the well to each brother he did this especially for the elders who lived far from the well and who were not easily able to carry their own water. Once kneeling over the well, St. Moses felt a powerful blow upon his back, and he fell down at the well like one dead, laying there in that position until dawn. Thus did the devils take revenge upon the monk for his victory over them. In the morning the brethren carried him to a cell, and he lay there a whole year crippled, Having recovered, the monk with firm resolve confessed to the Igumen that he would continue to live in asceticism. But the Lord himself put limits to this struggle of many years. Abba Isidore blessed his disciple and said to him that the passions had already gone from him. The elder commanded him to receive the holy mysteries and to go to his own cell in peace. From that time, St. Moses received from the Lord power over demons. So demons were actually 
upset and very ticked off at Moses for not continuing to follow the path that he was on with his gang and that his said gang had all repented and became monks that they attacked him one night and uh, badly harmed him to the point to where they knocked him unconscious and beat him thoroughly uh, that he did not regain consciousness till the next day and the other monks had to carry him back to uh, his cave which they call a cell you know any monk or priest or something like that they they what they call their room is a cell and it took him a year to recover from his injuries from that attack um, and that's something that he kept Moses kept um, harboring in him was this guilt um, for everything that he had done that you know he just continuously kept you know berating himself and being hard on himself even though he had changed his life completely and again that's something we can all relate to is that we do beat ourselves up way 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 too much and that we need to again leave the past and the past learn from the past but leave the past alone live in the now in the moment because now is a time you has you have never lived before nor will you ever live again. And you only get one chance right now. So after all of this, you know, Abba Isidore gave St. Moses and through the divine gave St. Moses the ability to overpower demons. Um, You see a lot of this in um, the Tibetan Buddhist culture. Um, The great uh, Padma Sambhava also known as Guru Rinpoche, uh, did that as well. Uh, We'll be doing a show on him sometime in the future as well, where um, at one time Buddhism in Tibet was so corrupt and demons, you know, giants of the such. I know this is quite fantastical for us in our modern day and age to to believe. Uh, But back in those days, they overran the country. And uh, Padma Sambhava, Guru Rinpoche, would come in and he totally eradicated and got rid of all the demons. And the demons he did not get rid of, he converted to Tibetan Buddhism. Again, very interesting story, and we'll get into him in the future. But again, now St. Moses has this power through the divine to get rid of demons. Accounts about St. Moses' exploits spread among the monks and even beyond the bounds of the wilderness. The governor of the land wanted to see the saint. When he heard of this, St. Moses decided to hide from any visitors, and he departed his own cell. Along the way, he met servants of the governor who asked him how to get to the cell of the desert dweller Moses. The monk answered them, Go no farther to see this false and unworthy monk. The servants returned to the monastery where the governor was waiting, and they told him the words of the elder they had chanced to meet. The brethren, hearing a description of the elder's appearance, told them that they had encountered St. Moses himself. Again, something that we always see time after time after time, story after story, lifetime after lifetime, that these saints, these amazing beings, are so very humble uh, you know, to the extent where they put themselves down, you know, as he said, you know, I'm, I'm you know, a, a, you know, unworthy monk, you know, and, you know, as we heard in the um, 
Dalai Lama show that was a couple weeks ago that, you know, his holiness refers to himself as a simple monk. Again, keeping that ego um, and, and self down, you know, you don't want to, you know, anytime you have ego or self involved in something, it, it just totally ruins everything. So it's important to be selfless. But again, you have to keep in mind that being selfless doesn't mean that you're abusive towards yourself. Putting others above yourself. How's that? And the following is one of my favorite stories about uh, St. Moses. When a brother committed a fault and Moses was invited to a meeting to discuss an appropriate penance, Moses refused to attend. When he was again called to the meeting, Moses took a leaking jug filled with water and carried it on his shoulder. Another version says that he had a basket filled with sand that had a hole in it. But anyway, when Moses arrived at the meeting place, the others asked why he was carrying the jug. He replied, my sins run out behind me and I don't see them. But today I am coming to judge the errors of another. On hearing this, the assembled brothers forgave the erring monk. So here is St. Moses giving an amazing teaching by example. You know, here these monks are saying this monk did something wrong. We need to get together and decide what his punishment or penance is going to be. And, you know, and here comes St. Moses with this jug on his shoulder, leaking water all over the place. And they're like, what in the world is wrong with him? What's he doing? To which he, you know, he replies. He gives the analogy saying, you know, here I'm walking and my sins are behind me that I don't see. But yet I'm here to point the finger at somebody else and uh, judge them. You know, and that's very important for us of all faiths. You know, even Christians, you especially know the Bible. Jesus teaches us time and time again to not to judge others. But unfortunately, it's human nature for so many of us to judge others, to condemn others, to complain about others and what they do. Um, you know, some religions believe that it's your authority as that faith or said faith that regardless of how you are living your faith, that you should point out the errors and condemn and judge others of said faith on what they're doing or of another faith that you have no idea about. And that's totally incorrect. And again, this is just one of my most favorite stories of St. Moses that he really schooled these monks and elders on you know, the importance of not judging another, you know, look at your own faults, look at your own sins, you know, take care of your own house, clean up your own house before you go out and throw stones at another, you know, people in glass houses should not throw stones. The same analogy applies to this. After many years of monastic exploits, St. Moses was ordained a deacon. The bishop clothed him in white vestments and said, Now Abba Moses is entirely white. The saint replied, Only outwardly, for God knows that I am still dark within. So as we can see, he still you know, is being so humble to an extreme by saying that, you know, even though you're saying I'm completely cleansed and I'm completely white and pure, that in the inside, I'm not in that I'm human 
and God knows this, and I know this. Through humility, the saint believed himself unworthy of the office of deacon. Once the bishop decided to test him, and he bade the clergy to drive him out of the altar, reviling him as an unworthy Ethiopian. In all humility, the monk accepted the abuse. Having put him to the test, the bishop then ordained St. Moses as to be a presbyter. St. Moses labored for 15 years in this rank and gathered around himself 75 disciples. And this often reminds me of Blessed Solanus Casey, which we just recently had a show on, to where we see how the other monks treated uh, Father Solanus and how he reacted to it. You know, he never let on that things hurt him. And we see that with all the saints as well, you know, with St. Therese uh, and St. Bridget and, you know, Padre Pio and all these other amazing great saints and people that we've showcased on the show is that they're so very selfless, humble, and uh, their humility is just unmatched that they don't allow what others say to, uh, to bother them. Because they don't report to others. They don't report to humans. They report to the divine. They follow the divine. The divine is number one in their lives. So nothing else matters to them other than what the divine wants and thinks of them. When the saint reached the age of 75, he had a premonition and warned his monks that soon robbers thieves would be descending upon them the skeet and the murder all that were there the saint blessed his monks to leave in order to avoid violent death his disciples began to beseech the monk to leave with them but he replied for many years already i have awaited the time when the words which my master the lord jesus christ should be fulfilled all who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. After this, seven of the brethren remained with the monk, and one of them hid nearby during the attack of the robbers. The robbers killed St. Moses and the six months monks who remained with him. Their death occurred in about the year 400 on July 1st. So St. Moses actually martyred himself for his fellow monks. He saved their lives by having this premonition of what was going to come to be and gave his life for, for his faith, for his God, for his divine, for Jesus. Um, you know, it was another way or a final way for him to uh, show penance and be redemptive um, to everything that he had done in his past Moses was highly praised by his contemporaries. In his 5th century AD ecclesiastical history written by written about 70 years after Moses' death, Hermias Sozosman sums up Moses' legacy as follows. So sudden a conversion from vice to virtue was never before witnessed, nor such rapid attainments in monastical philosophy. Hence God rendered him an object of dread to the demons, and he was ordained presbyter over the monks at Cetus. 
After a life spent in this manner, he died at the age of 75, leaving behind him numerous eminent disciples. A modern interpretation of the ecclesiastical history honors Moses as an apostle of nonviolence. His relics in major shrine are found today at the Church of the Virgin Mary in Paromius Monastery. So what did you all think of the story of St. Moses? I hope you all enjoyed it. I mean, he is such a fascinating uh, figure to me. And again, we can learn so much. He's such an amazing example, you know, regardless of what our faith uh, is or isn't. He is an amazing example of how regardless of our past, regardless of our now, we can change. We can become better. We can help others. We can dedicate our lives, what we have left, because we don't know when tomorrow or our next breath will be our last. You know, he's a perfect example of how we can change and, and just dedicate ourselves to becoming better people, more holy, more divine, um, helping others, being there for others, being more for others, being more for ourselves, without being selfish or egoistic, you know? So again, I hope you all enjoyed the story of St. Moses. And I will close with a prayer, if you're all ready. Lord divine, let your angels manifest their presence and their power openly in our lives and homes to bless us, encourage us, strengthen us, and heal us. Amen. So I will pause here for now. I so hope and pray that you all enjoyed the show and that this show is everything that you've been looking for and even more and that it continues to be that and even more for as long as possible. I am always greatly open to suggestions, recommendations for people to showcase on the show. As I've said infinite times, um, you, we have people from all over the world now listening to the show, and I know that each and every one of you have such amazing beings, past and present, in your culture that we have no idea about, but we should know about. So please, please, please take a moment to contact me, reach out to me, share these people and their stories with me, or at least where I can find the information uh, to locate information on these people so we can have it on the shows. Also, I love to pray. I am always doing my level best to be in a continuous state of prayer. And people that listen to the show love to pray as well. And we would all love to pray for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, please, there is on the website, which I'm going to give you the information here in a minute, information, there's a form at the bottom of the website that you can fill out to submit your prayer request. It asks for your first and last name. You don't have to give any of that. It does ask. The only thing you have to fill out is your email address. And that way I can write you back just to let you know I received your prayer request and that we'll be doing it. Um, there's a, an area there where you can write out what your prayer request is. If it's for you, it's for a loved one, for a friend. If Anyone that prays knows that the more information you have about the persons you're praying for, the better. 
So feel free to share as much information as you're comfortable sharing. And also please note on there, if you want me to just pray for that person or for you on my own, or if it's okay for me to share that on the show so we can get as many people as possible praying. So please make sure you note that on there. So there's two ways that you can contact me. The first is through our website, and that also has the prayer request form on there. And you can find our website, if you don't already know it, at Faith and More Podcast. That's all one word, Faith and More Podcast dot Wix site, W-I-X-S-I-T dot com slash my dash site, S-I-T-E. Again, that's Faith and More Podcast wixsite.com slash my dash site or you can email me directly at faith and more podcast again all one word faith and more podcast at gmail.com thank you all so much for listening i so hope you all return next week please if you enjoyed the show make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode And if you really enjoyed the show, please share it with as many people as you possibly can. Because right now, that's the only way our show gets out is by word of mouth and by sharing. So the more people you talk to about and share with, the more people we can have listening and the more people we can bless with these stories of these amazing beings. So again, thank you all so very much for listening. Please know that you all are in my heart and my prayers. I love each and every one of you so much. Always remember, love yourself and love others. And I will see you all again next week.